Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, the biggest <clears throat> political story of the week, if not of the year so far, is that Boris Johnson and the bizarre week he's had, which ultimately ended with his resignation uh, as the Conservative leader on Thursday. John Downing, Irish independent journalist, thought he saw the signs of Boris's inevitable end when he first encountered him in, in Brussels 30 years ago. Good morning, John. How are you? Hello, Bobby. How are you? I'm great. And I'm looking forward to you telling me all your Boris stories going back to Brussels <laughs> 30 years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so when you first met him, John, um, was he somebody who stood out as this guy is different? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, he he always, the name for one, he, he's sort of one of those people who I suppose we all had them in school at some stage. If, if you had an unusual name, you were just known by your first name and that was it. Yeah. Uh, the cut of him, he, 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 he always had that big, big shock of, uh, you know, unruly hair, uh, blonde hair. And uh, he was always decidedly, determinedly shabby and uh, down at heel. And I, I, looking back, I think it was very much a studied kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, old, young fogeyism that, yeah. that he was engaging in. You know, I remember we 1990, Charlie Hawhey had uh, his his big EU presidency and all the Br- Brussels based journalists came to Dublin. And I remember Boris showing up at the airport in Brussels with this uh, hold all round hold all bag. Uh, the zip broken on it and a, a pinstripe suit w- w- wound up in a ball sticking out of the top of it. You know, I mean, it was kind of classic. It was, that was exactly, you know, And, that and was can I Boris. ask you, John, how was his French? Am I right uh, in saying? <laughs> well, you see, the thing about Boris is that he was, he was what was what's known in Brussels as a Euro brat. His father went to work in the European Commission in the early 70s when, when Ireland and when the UK joined along with Ireland and Denmark, he was a uh, an, an, an expert in environmental matters. Boris went to the European school for four or five years. He would have had excellent French, but there again, when he uh, French was the language of of the various press conferences in Jacques Delors' commission at the time, and uh, when he spoke French, he sounded like uh, a bad impersonator of Peter Sellers in, in the Clouseau movies. <laughs> Are we all by my monkey and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And tell that me, is not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And John, in, interesting enough, and maybe there was a red flag here, but am I right in saying that uh, he exited the Times of London for making up quotes? Yeah, uh, he did. So, yeah, yeah. so he surely told me that himself, but it's it's been widely written many times. Yeah, like he he comes out of Oxford, gets a job in you know the top, the posh paper of record in London and uh, he makes a complete hames of it by being caught making up quotes by the way. So uh, of course having been thrown out of that one as a sort of thumbnail sketch of the English class system, he just moves on to get a job in the Daily Telegraph and his first job in the Daily Telegraph is the Brussels correspondent. So you know these guys they expect that the earth is theirs and you know what in many ways it is. Yeah, it's a kind of a confidence as well. I suppose yeah, if we look at if we look at, you know, his 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 sort of career from those early days in in Brussels, basically where he sort of really came to to prominence was his two terms as the London 
the the elected mayor of London. Yes, and, and, and he it, he was able to do all these kind of stunts on zip wires, and yes. it, it, there was a kind of a a kind of a likable rogue kind of. Yeah, he was, and it was it was that kind of eclectic job that lent itself to his personality. It had to be a kind of a big character to, you know, to, to pull together a, a group, I suppose, of about 14 million people, you know, the, one of the great world cities. Yeah. And curiously, what he did, in, another thing in fairness to him, which he did in that job, which he utterly failed to do in uh, as prime minister, he picked good people and he gave them their head. He let them at it. And he yeah. was a sort of a team leader. To, he styled himself as a sort of team leader. That one worked for him, in fairness. Yeah. And when we look then, you say about his his choice of people to work in his in his inner sanctum. One one appointment he'll definitely regret is that one of Dominic Cummings. Absolutely, Cummings. Cummings caused a hatful of problems for him. All, all that ludicrous stuff about. Uh, uh, about the COVID regulations, which Cummings, uh, of course, we were later to find that Boris was floating and, and all of his, col- many of his uh, team at Downing Street were completely floating the rules they brought in themselves. Uh, but Cummings, Cummings, for example, hired this complete nut job. He advertised saying he, uh, he, he wanted to smash the civil service. He wanted to bring in all sorts of different people and blue sky thinking and all that. But he heard this guy, it turned out, was, was a great fan of, of eugenics, uh, among other things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had, had all sorts of, of uh, totally reprehensible views about uh, disabled children and so on and so forth. Absolutely crazy stuff. Eventually. He had to sack Cummings, and since then, Cummings has been running a kind of rolling vendetta against him. No later than this week, yeah. uh, Cummings pops up again and says, this character, Pincher, who who basically kind of tipped the whole thing over the edge, that Boris used to say of him, Pincher by name, Pincher by nature. Now, Boris has neither denied nor accepted that he ever said any such thing, but he did give the man several pretty important jobs in government yeah. and he was a disgraceful individual. So what do you think the legacy of Johnson will be? Like he's he's almost not gone yet. Uh, and also what do you think uh, about, you know, uh, Anglo-Irish relations, you know, going forward from here? Well, the legacy has to be Brexit. I mean, he did, uh, he, he got there, he used Brexit as a vehicle. He wasn't particularly, in in, in a funny way, he was, personally almost europhile particularly from his own brussels childhood experiences but he used it to get himself where he wanted to go and get get uh, to climb the greasy pole and get to be prime minister then he used it quite disgracefully but he he will be prime ministers usually remembered for one or two things for him it will be brexit uh, Anglo uh, British Irish relations have never been so poor. You go, you go back five prime ministers. Go back to John Major and Albert Reynolds. Go back to Tony Blair. Go to um, and and on up Gordon Brown and uh, David Osborne, David um, Cameron, and uh, Theresa May. They they were good relationships. Yeah. But uh, they are absolutely on the floor at the moment. And the only way really is up. I would think anybody who gets it can make a better 
fist All of right. restoring the, the, the British-Irish relationship. John, great analysis and great, great, great to hear your, your tales of so many years uh, and bringing us right up to speed on Boris Johnson. Uh, John Downing uh, from the Irish Independent, thanks for joining us this morning. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.